All right. Uh, so, sweetie, uh, this is our first episode. Welcome to episode one. Um, it is. It's just like how we sit at home with I know it is. microphones in our faces. And I know. Do you want me to take my shirt coffee off? Coffee in our hands. I'm going to leave that up to you. All right. It's fine. Maybe right. we could do a poll at some point. We just lost at least 50% of our listeners with the off the shirt. Welcome to off the fence, actually. Uh, you like that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. That was awkward. But I think oh. that it's good to get the title in and get focused. <laughs> so uh, this this podcast, uh, we want to use these first couple episodes to really just spell out uh, who we are, um, where we're coming from. Mm-hmm. I think a person's uh, value system and like not just what decisions did you make, mm-hmm. but why did you make those decisions in those situations? Mm-hmm is far more helpful than I'm going to do exactly what you did, how you did it. And mm-hmm. so what Absolutely. what I'm wanting to do is this, is you and I, uh, in essence, talk to each other, hmm. which I'm really excited about this. Uh, Uninterrupted, no children. No children, no two-year-old. There will, there will be no mommy, <laughs> baby, <laughs> Jeep, right? Uh, no, but but in this, this whole podcast is designed with a singular goal. Mm-hmm is that we talk about and help anyone listening and watching get off the fence about whatever they are on the fence about. So Mm -hmm. each episode will, in essence, as we get going, will deal with a certain facet of life, Mm -hmm. um, parenting stuff, marriage stuff, finance stuff. Health stuff. Health stuff. um, Even faith stuff. Faith stuff, forgiveness stuff, church stuff. And then along the way, I imagine we'll even ask people, hey, let us know what you are on the fence about, and mm-hmm. we will talk about that. Uh, we will even occasionally have guests. I love inviting friends. Booyah. Will you call them, hey, friends? <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm not. Uh, well, it's fine. You can do that. All right. So let's uh, – Here, for those who are right now just, okay, who who is Katie? Who is David? Mm-hmm. So let's start there. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interview you, sweetie. Okay. Fantastic. All right. All right. So, um, hot lady, uh, where do you come from? It's a really, it's a really nice question. Where did you start? To ask. Um, I grew up in rural Kansas. My parents were both from Kansas City mm-hmm. and decided bravely. The, the older I get, the more I value their courage to move from this urban environment to a rural, literally a dirt road. We lived on a dirt road. I grew up in a house, but next to a dirt road. Right, it's gravel roads. It like, is gravel road, but they used to be dirt roads. It's not just gravel roads. It's not like, you know, sometimes, yeah, we left the interstate. We took about a 30-second gravel road. Yeah. Oh, my, we're roughing it. No, I'm talking about yeah. gravel road. You have turn, to be committed to get there. Turn left mm-hmm. on another gravel road, then turn again on a gravel road. I love that you remember how to get to my parents' house. I do, I do. Turn <laughs> That's fantastic. No, so I I grew up in uh, rural Kansas. Uh, it was a quasi farm. So they moved from Kansas City, really hoping to farm. My dad had an uncle that had farmed and and thought, let's just try this out. And again, I am just overwhelmed at the courage to to just jump into a new thing um, away from family. So I have an older sister, uh, two younger brothers, great parents, incredible parents who both worked far away. I like your um, parents. They're really, 
they're really great. I always hear these jokes about in-laws and like, oh my goodness. You know, and it's usually negative. Yeah. I, I genuinely, I promise, pinky swear. <laughs> uh, I like, I love your, I love your parents. Well, they love you very much too. And what's funny I is I think I'm they hit the like in-law jackpot with you Pretty and much. the other. I mean, of course they did. Yeah, like the husbands and wives and stuff well, that primarily my siblings me, have. Though. So they, I, I, I know that they love all of us, but I think they favor the in-laws intermittently, which is great. But um, yeah, grew up there. My parents uh, know and love Jesus and have my whole life. And so grew up just really rooted and grounded and so much practical. That's what I think of growing up on, on a farm. There was just so much practical uh, life stuff that I learned. Like we'd swim in the pond and I started driving. I was probably four or five. I don't even know, but just farm stuff. I, I just looking back, I'm just so thankful for that. Went to a rural, um, school, like drove the bus or rode the bus. I never drove it, but like 45 miles to and from school and, um, uphill both ways. Yeah, actually. Yeah. And listening to country music, I still to this day Mm -hmm. love Travis Tritt and Billy Ray Cyrus, but that's because that's what the bus driver, her name is Carol. I still remember her. She came to our wedding actually. Um, but <laughs> loved school, went to the same school, lived in the same house. My parents still live in that house um, when they're not up here with us, hanging out and enjoying life up here. Man. They really like it up here. Yeah. So siblings living out in the middle of rural Kansas, mm-hmm. going to school, doing the thing. Uh, eventually you left home. I did. Went to college. Uh actually the first one from my family to go to that college. Everybody else had went to KU and I went to K-State, which I know probably in South Dakota isn't that big of a deal. But it was it's a really big jump for yeah. my family to support me in that, to go to the other the other school and loved it. I really uh, thought I wanted to ride horses for a living, but I wasn't good at that and wanted to be a doctor. But I went to college to be a teacher and I loved history we grew up traveling a lot to grandparents' houses and uh, would spend a lot of time in Washington D.C. and Civil War battlefield sites. And I wanted to, I wanted to lean into to that part of the world and just uh, be able to connect with kids through teaching. So I went to K State, where I met you, mm. um, actually at a church. One of the things I wanted to do when I got to college was find find a good church, and I did. And you worked at that church. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so I met you. Is this basically when your life took off? I mean, it really was. I mean, you hit amazing. It's there. all just gray and blurry before that. <laughs> okay, uh, so though you were set on becoming a teacher, mm-hmm. uh, even post meeting me, even continue the endeavor of even becoming mm-hmm. a school administrator. Yes, principal. A, a principal. Yeah, I, I, um, I was in many principal offices. I appreciate a principal. You were, but I was very organized and kind of liked being in charge. And so I thought, well, this would be nice. Mm -hmm. So I did that. Yeah. I'm glad I met you. (laughs) Thanks. Well, you're in it now. So that's pretty good that you. for life. Yeah. It's pretty good that you feel that way. But yeah, I, I, um, I think when I think about childhood and growing up, I really, I, some of the things that I. I just think about a lot. One, I love the outdoors and I love space and land. Yeah. And I keep telling you that I want... She wants a farm. I want a farm. 
with animals and it doesn't have to be a huge operation or anything, but it's just something that I, I think wide open spaces in land and it's just, again, I think as you grow older, the things that really were um, important to you as you grew up start kind of you you kind of start going back to and so which makes sense how we got drawn together because I'm naturally really good with animals and agricultural <laughs> things yeah city, city <clears throat> sweet city boy I was yeah. so scared to bring you to my parents house for the first time and I think it's because there were so many barns and so much dust and so much gravel cats. and cats. There were cats. There were, and that was my fault. I used to feed yeah, them. I used to get my allowance money and buy them the good food. So they'd come from all over, uh-huh. barn uh-huh. full of cats. But yeah, I steady, great, great parents um, who really loved us. And one of the things that I think about the most as we were raising our kids, one of, one of um, the greatest blessings that I think my parents gave us was knowing the Lord and loving the Lord, but then going and seeing people and behaving that out was something um, my mom was so intentional about helping us and really telling us it was it was a tell not an ask that if we saw people sitting alone at lunch or somebody being bullied that that was that was our responsibility not just an opportunity it was our responsibility to step in oh, wow. and to lean in and just yeah. to see people and that was so important to my parents and it was a value of our families and so I would say that those types of things, um, have just stuck with me, and I so blessed to have the family that I had um, and have. You know, it's interesting. They're still all around. In head. It's interesting. One, of, you should always look at your blessings, right? And uh, one of the blessings we have in our life is that your parents are still together, parents, mm-hmm. and so are mine. Mm-hmm. And it's huge. A, yeah, that's huge that, I don't. I wouldn't call it a rarity. I don't. I don't. I, I have no scientific basis on that. <clears throat> but what I'm saying is. Uh, when you look at the blessings in life, one of the gifts that you can actually give your children mm. and generations that follow you and the family that surrounds you and your friends that surround you, one of the things that they've given us, not necessarily just purely as a gift to us, mm-hmm. but your parents are together and my parents are together. Uh, that's not to say that that those were always easy decisions and they had just cake lives at all. Uh, but I was just thinking about that. Wow, like for you and I to come together... And to have parents that have stayed together mm-hmm. is pretty stinking awesome. Well, and what we learned from that, what what I've learned from that is that it it hasn't always been easy, but they've been really open about walking that out. And especially when we got married and we're walking out our just lives and, and figuring out who we were as a couple and all of that, um, being able to learn from the stories that they have. And I think any parents, whether they're together or or not, you can do that and, and really be intentional about learning and valuing what what they've gone through and and how you can learn from that but I do think it's an enormous blessing that we have parents that are together and just love us so much and are together involved in our lives forever you didn't say you were going to sing if that's going to happen oh, we're going to have to do something to fine. all right well <laughs> so that's me though and then met you whole life changed Booyah. um and I think uh, we'll probably go into more of that later, but I think uh, I I have loved every moment of – I'm so grateful for everything, even the hard stuff in my life. But I would say like the last 19 years that I've gotten to hang out with you has been just really the best. Yeah, it has. 
I'm trying to be <laughs> kind and honest here, and you're being yeah. you're being mouthy. But I um, raising kids and um, really even just discovering more of who I am through that whole process. I've I've loved it. So that's the flyover of me. Yeah. We could talk more about like my pet cows and yeah, that's fine. Um, I like to all eat of my cows. high school cars and mm. steak. Mm. You even raised a pig, didn't you? We did have pigs. Or pigs. Pigs, plural. We did. And I, I don't like eating pork to this day because of them. Because they're so sweet and then they're just mean. And I've so, never met a piece of bacon I would turn away. Yeah. I, mm, I I really think if anything was going to create a rift in my parents' relationship, it was those pigs. Because they're mm. stinky and smelly okay. and loud. All right. We could, I, we could have a whole podcast on that. All right. Are you going to talk about yourself? Tell us about you and where you... What what questions do you have about, um, about me? Gosh, so many. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know, we were talking about lunchboxes the other day. Did you have a lunchbox that you... We were in a place with all these antiques. Did you have a lunchbox? I know that's random, but I'm I I'm sure that I did. I don't remember it. Ugh. I, From what I remember, and my mom might contradict some of this information that I've retained, but... For when I think of school food or, or lunchtime, I think about that I typically got, as they called it, the hot lunch. Oh, yeah. I did too. So I, I typically got, I think, my food there. Like I remember, what I remember about school food are the, the rectangle pizzas with the square pep, pieces of pepperoni. Mm-hmm. Uh, we even had like lunch ladies who would, I think, like go outside of the tip. It was a private school. And so like they would sometimes like, Say, here's what we're actually cooking today and like stromboli. And, oh, my. Oh, yeah. And sometimes make cinnamon rolls. It was, I mean, it really. With chili? So you grew up in Kansas and Indiana. Do we have chili or was it chili? Did you have chili with the cinnamon rolls? Because in Not Kansas. I remember. <gasps> in I Kansas, I that's a thing. Yeah, they but, go together. Yeah. yeah. Chili. You're you're going off on a bean. I, I don't like beans, so chili just. Right, but when they served chili, did they have cinnamon I have no idea. So Pam and Helen were – I went to a public school. I went to public school my whole life. And Pam and Helen were our elementary lunch ladies, and they made this bubble pizza that I still think about today. Mm. It was so good. Okay. Um, just where would you come from? Where would you go? Where did you come from? Right. Where did you go? You, you're singing along. Where did you come from? Not a joke. Uh, like uh, where did I come it. from? All of like all of it. Well, so your story and my story are very different mm. in growing up. Mm-hmm. So, although we did leave, live nearby each other without even knowing without it, without knowing it, but yeah. but I uh, I was I, I mean born in Illinois, moved age of three to Kansas, mm-hmm. lived there till the end of fifth grade, moved to Indiana, lived there till the end of my sophomore year, moved to South Carolina. Um, then moved back to Indiana, then went to college in Indiana, then went to Kansas. So like we did not live in the same house from mm-hmm. beginning till like final independent departure, 18 years old or finished with college. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I grew up at a pastor's home. Um, so I grew up with dad was always the pastor of the church that we were at. Mm-hmm. We never really church shopped. We never um, like had issue with what, like we just were at church. Mm -hmm. We went to church uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, um, special events. Church was life. Life was church. And often 
did your school and church intersect? Like they a couple were, times, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but always, uh, it, they were all so intertwined. It mm-hmm. was not church was was central, but that sounds a bit religious, and I don't mean it to like it. Like Jesus was central to our family. Like it, mm-hmm. it was always about a life devoted to our Creator. So I was raised with that and great parents. Uh, I have one sibling, Heather, and uh, she's older than I am. So I was, I guess, the young one. And you know, once you once you land on perfect, you know, I was the second one. Uh, you know, you just stop. I mean, we're going to bring your mom in. You just pretty much you get to like the her. ideal child that you're <laughs> wanting to birth. And so I was born, and you know, and that's just kind of how it landed. They're like, hey, you know, that's that we you can't do any better than this, and so. Anyways, so I actually, uh, one caveat in my life is we moved to South Carolina right before my junior year in high school. Mm-hmm. That did not go well. I was a, in terms of where we moved to, I was a northerner from Indiana, which mm-hmm. is funny because it's not all that northern anyways. Uh, we moved to South Carolina, and, and there I was called a Yankee and <laughs> regularly called a Yankee, which I was like, I don't even like the Yankees. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> And I should have listened in history. Class, I didn't though. care about history class. So I, was like, down for them. so I was getting run off the road. Like literally they would yell at me, get off the road. Yankee and would run me off the road. While I was driving anyways. And I, I emotionally refused to allow myself to move. Anyways, I moved away. I actually went and lived with my grandparents my senior year. And, uh, my parents were willing to let me do that, which was a huge sacrifice. And, uh, lived with my grandparents, my senior year of high school graduated. And then, uh, Went to college to be a pastor. Didn't mm-hmm. want to be a pastor. Um, I'm a fourth generation pastor in a row now, but had no idea if that was my calling or if I was just basically, I don't know, for lack of better words, doing the family business. Yeah. Um, it's what I was so accustomed to. I didn't know am I just comfortable with this, and I, in theory, know how to do it. So I'm just going to do it. But you felt a call. Oh yeah, seventh grade. Right, dude is, is at youth camp going. Yeah. Who feels who feels like God wants you to be like full time in the ministry? Mm. And it, it was a classic. Felt like he was staring at me, hearts racing. Yeah, and I'm like, and it was in that moment going. I think he's talking to me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do what he's saying. Yeah, but I I'm pretty confident God wants me to. Mm-hmm. So I said yes in seventh grade, and then I spent several years going. Yeah, but I'm not really going to do that. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find an alternative to that. Even kind of co- finding your own path though. Yeah. Two in it, right? Yeah. And and that collision of well, this is what everybody's done. So am I sure that this is what I'm supposed to do? Yeah. So I just refused. Uh, I tell people all the time: you can be called by God to do something, acknowledge that calling, but until you grab a hold of that calling, mm-hmm. you're in essence running from it or dodging it. And that's mm-hmm. what I did. I delayed, yeah, I delayed it and it. dodged yeah. it for quite some time. Even into college, halfway through college, I went to the psychology department, and being like, "Hey, how about me being a counselor instead of a pastor?" What I didn't know was the, the the professor I was talking to knew our family, and she knew me, and she's like, "Nope, David, go back to classes. You're you're called to be a pastor. This is what you're." I'm like, "Fine, let's do it." So then I graduate college, and the easiest route I could come up with. It sounds like I'm in more control than I really am, but I didn't want to become a senior pastor and lead pastor. That seemed like too much responsibility. Well, it's stress probably. Yeah, it you was, grew up yeah, knowing the yeah, good and, and yeah, the bad and the ugly yeah, of that. Yeah. that. Yeah. So I was like, I'll be a youth pastor. I'll hang out with teenagers. That sounds awesome. We'll have pizza all the time. And literally. Literally. And so uh, 
God gave me an opportunity. That's classic how my life works. Mm-hmm. I don't get job offers. I get a job <laughs> offer, nothing else ever. Then you never have to worry, though. You go, right. all right, Lord, So thank then you. I took a job, and, yeah. I, and that moved me to Manhattan, mm-hmm. Kansas. Where in Manhattan, Kansas, there was this goddess of a woman. Oh, jeez. Named Catherine. And uh, so I'm a youth pastor at a church, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm single. I want to meet the woman of my dreams. So the most logical thing I do, I need to start a Bible study. And you did. For people my age. You did. And so I did. I still have that letter that you sent. Boo, I bet You that sent it out to the whole church, every college student in the church. A strategy. Right. <laughs> Because I I would go to church with like 30 of my sorority sisters. Yeah. And we all got the letter. And then a small group of us went. I still have that letter. How about casting the net on that? Throw that far out. (laughs) Going, all right, God, bring me my bride. Which is funny, though, because I remember when they introduced you to the church, because I had been already going, and they introduced you. And I looked at my friends and went, he's mine. I would. Which is so funny. And then Mm. we didn't meet for months later. But you sent that letter. Yeah, I still have it. So... A bazillion people came to the Bible study. There were so like, many people. It was people. insane. Yeah. You guys and, were a little overwhelmed that first time. And so then, yeah, yeah, broke everybody up into smaller groups in the small group. So you could stop by each one. And so I would stop by each one and pastor them. And uh, actually, uh, and then I saw you and we started talking and mm-hmm. literally just hit it off. Mm-hmm. And you started volunteering with the youth ministry I did. that I was leading that led like, to. Hey, if I like him, I should spend more time right. with them. And uh, that led to, like, walks in the park. Mm-hmm. That led to... We did walk in the park a lot. We did. That's interesting. We like to walk. We did walk and talk. And we, we would go for coffee a lot at Bob's Diner, which is no yeah. longer open. No. So it sounds like pretty much uh, this is all perfect and dreamy. Well, you and I, so I'm a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. You, you are... Uh, Leader in your sorority, you are going to college. All you, you're on a trajectory. I am right. Yeah, and uh, we're falling in love, but literally set up no boundaries mm-hmm. to that falling in love. Mm-hmm. In other words, no accountability. No, no accountability. Yeah. It's just Katie and I getting to know each other, mm-hmm. and uh, all of a sudden we're like, "Hey, we're not doing this relationship the way we know we're supposed to." Mm-hmm. And um, so that is Christianese right there for we were having sex. Oh, you're just going to go there. I just said it. You know what? And, <laughs> and Scripture talks about, hey, here's great patterns for all of life, different things. Mm-hmm. But uh, that is ideal, best, God's intentions reserved for marriage. Yeah. Um, the science behind it is proven even um, that when when you are intimate like that with another person, you, you are bonded to that mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. You you literally bond to that person. And so that's why it's best in a marriage with that kind mm-hmm. of a covenant. Mm-hmm. Well, you and I uh, put the cart before the horse. I'm a regular horse and buggy driver, mm-hmm. right? So you know the lingo. I know the lingo. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Anyways, um, so my mind right now immediately goes to a shift in our relationship, a mm-hmm. shift in our life, a shift in everything. And... Uh, in, in relevance to this podcast, uh, you and I had a relationship with God that we said we did, but we were on the fence about a full committal mm-hmm. to Him. Mm-hmm. 
And when life presented opportunity, we took just that opportunity without God. Mm-hmm. And that's when you get on the fence. Yeah. You get on the fence about something. When, when your, your moral compass, your relationship with God takes, it just gets set down mm-hmm. because you're going to now chase something that you want to mm-hmm. chase. And you and I were legitimately in love, but just not going about it the right way, mm-hmm. which is typical what the devil does tempts us and we go for it. So... One night, you uh, take a pregnancy test, maybe multiple ones. Yeah. Yeah, it was multiple ones. (laughs) I think that's typically how it works. I just remember going, we should probably talk. And we'd already resolved that this wasn't, we we were in the process of getting off the fence, Mm -hmm. to use that language, where we thought we, this doesn't feel good to, to, we're lying to ourselves. We're lying to one another. We're hurting one another, but we're also not being who we want to be and who we're saying we are. And so we had made that decision. And then about a week later, maybe two weeks later, I thought, oh, no, I think (laughs) I think our lives are going to change. Your body was saying something to you. (laughs) And so uh, and so here I want to I want to land this first episode now walking everybody out to what shifted in our lives Mm -hmm. and what I think fuels you and I Mm -hmm. helping people get off the fence, because some of the things that we would say now which is now 20 years ago, mm-hmm. What is the story we're sharing right now. Yes. feels like yesterday. I know. I guess, but yeah. 20 years yeah. ago, we found ourselves um, being, I, don't, I wanted to say slightly hypocritical. We were being straight up oh, hypocritical. totally. Um, we were on the fence, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Well, then we find ourselves in a very public situation, mm-hmm. which is what happens. I think the, Bible, the way the Bible says it is that, that it, it gets found out, uh, it gets put into the light. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I'm a youth pastor dating the love of my life, but now we're expecting a baby and we're not married. Mm-hmm. And at least in our circles that we walk in, um, that is disqualification. Mm-hmm. That's like mm-hmm. fireable offense. Mm-hmm. That is, that changes everything. Even you were helping lead a sorority mm-hmm. and you were uh, a part of the standards. I was. I was part of the standards. Sorry, I mean, yeah. it, it wasn't a jab. I mean, I was a youth pastor, whatever. But we, our, our public life and our private lives looked very yeah, different. Yeah. And and um, I think one of the kindest things that the Lord has ever done was was to walk us through exactly that the way that He He led us through that. Still makes me emotional that God mm-hmm. let this. It, okay, God literally pushed us off the fence. Yeah, and yeah. that's when you face this decision of yeah. okay. What do we really believe about life? Mm-hmm. What is really true? And let's start making decisions based on that. And who am I really? Not who do I want to be? I think right. I think as humans, we often give ourselves so much leeway because we're looking at ourselves as who we want to be, not who we are always. And we look at other people, though, as who they are, uh, not who they can yeah. be. And I think we had to go, who are we really yeah. walking out of this? We get to choose now, and, yeah. and we need to we need to talk about it and do it. And that really, I think, was the foundation for what I would call a, a new start that the Lord gave us, a fresh start. So I don't want to be redundant because I wrote a book and put all this story stuff in it, and we'll talk about it throughout this uh, podcast stuff. But um, basically, the church that I was youth pastor at refused to like treat us how I think some of us think Christians treat mm-hmm. us. The church was full of people going, yes, that was not the right way to do it, but we want to love you and yes. walk with you and yes. run to you and be a part of your lives and the church, it showed us that Christians 
uh, can actually be an example of Jesus Christ. And so the long story short is I resigned my job as youth pastor. Mm-hmm. You even resigned your roles at the sorority. Mm-hmm. And we submitted ourselves to the authorities in our lives. In other words, to uh, other leaders in our mm-hmm. lives, to our church. Uh, and we said, all right, walk us through this. Help us fix the relationships yes. that we just broke and that we betrayed and that we... Mm-hmm. and. And we got right with the Lord might be the best way to do it. I, I've never, uh, I'll never forget those moments in my private devotion time were some of the most intimate times with God because I was so broken. Mm-hmm. I was so revealed mm-hmm. that I was like, all right, God, I want to do it your way. Mm-hmm. However you want it, let's do it that way. I don't want to try to be someone else. Yeah. I don't want to try to climb some ladder. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just try to get the things in my life that I want. I just want to do what you want as mm-hmm. you want it done. Mm-hmm. And I know that was the same heart that you had. Mm-hmm. was like, let's do life right. No longer do I ever want to be a hypocrite ever again. Yeah. No longer do I want to be on the fence about anything that God's like saying, come on, come on, do it this way. Yeah. And uh, we learned that imperfect people with an imperfect story, that's why we wanted to start episode one with this, was like, yeah. hey, we come from great families that are imperfect as well. We've made our own jacked up decisions and good decisions. We've had classic ups and downs, whatever you want to be. And we have learned that being on the fence is the worst posture in existence in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus said it so specifically. Mm-hmm. He would rather us be hot or cold, yes. which means on one side of the fence or the other, mm-hmm. not on the fence. Mm-hmm. And so um, those are our stories. We'll go through it. Uh, we're, we help lead a church. We have tons of friends and that we would love to bring in on this podcast and uh, and really go help people. But short and sweet here, here's the deal. If you're on the fence about something, this is what we want every, if anyone is off, just let us know about what you're struggling with, the decisions you're struggling making. Maybe you feel hypocritical in some certain area of life is going to require so much vulnerability with this podcast. Like, I'm just thinking, like, this is going to be, like, raw. And so, because anytime you say, I'm on the fence about this, you're admitting something pretty profound where you're saying, you might be saying, I've been lazy about such and such. I have been two-faced about such and such. Afraid. I've been afraid about such and such. Okay. So that's what this is about. So um, thanks for listening to episode one of Off the Fence. Uh, I hope you will continue to join us with conversations Mm -hmm. about how to not live that kind of a life. Thanks for watching and listening. We love you guys very much.